From our offices in Media City, Dubai, I'm John Lillywhite and this is the UAE Tech Podcast Expo Edition, a celebration of how technology is reshaping culture, economics and governance for the 21st century, brought to you by Albawaba Business. If you're interested in sponsoring the UAE Tech Podcast, tune in at the end of this episode for more information. This episode was recorded with the generous support of the podcast studio at the Rove Hotel in downtown Dubai. First, a big challenge is we're creating this product uh, three times faster than the market. So the market spent like three, four years creating such a way, such a product. We create, we're trying to create in two years maximum. So it's it's the biggest challenge ever I made in my life. So uh, and the second point is something new is coming. We run Vakara. Vakara is infrastructure, a blockchain. We made an announcement two weeks ago, and it's kind of a Amazon Web Services, you know, for the Amazon. Yeah. Vakara is our input into creative industry. We want to uh, help to create new generation of the blockchain for NFT. Imagine NFT that can be upgraded. Yeah. Like, for example, you got the character that is evolving because of the AI. And you want to fix this character always as, an, as NFT, but it's changing over time and time. And we allow you to do this with the Vakara. Or you get the time limits NFTs. What means time limit? You get the first owner of the NFT, and now you get the last owner of NFT. Imagine nobody can replicate your identity because after you there is no timeline. You get the last. You are the last one. Yeah. And people are gonna be fighting to become the last one. Or it could work very good with charity or the ticketing. Sensorium describes itself as building the future of the senses in the metaverse. Global artists such as David Guetta, Carl Cox, and Armin van Buren have signed up for live and pre-recorded performances in Prism World, a VR and metaverse-enabled music entertainment experience described as immersive and literally out of this world. The Sensorium website features sharp video trailers of what these experiences look and feel like. Elsewhere, Motion World and Sensorium Starship AI-powered avatars with blockchain-based Senso tokens, NPC dating, and generative services such as real-time virtual DJs are all part of this high-profile concept. The company was founded in 2018 by Forbes-listed billionaire Mikhail Prokolov, former owner of the Brooklyn Nets. Jay-Z's Tidal invested $7 million in Sensorium tokens in August of 2020. We were lucky enough to speak with Deputy CEO Alex Blagaraf here in Dubai on the tech infrastructure and business logic behind Sensorium. We even had a sneak peek demo of a GP3 AI-enabled talking avatar after the episode. So stay tuned to find out more about VR on the blockchain, the Ethereum fork, and how an experiment in rushing banking tech led to gyrating AI-enabled avatars in the metaverse.
today, Alex Blagareff from Sensorium is joining us. Alex, thanks so much for being here today. So very quickly, what is Sensorium? Hey guys, thank you for inviting. So Sensorium is a new platform that we're delivering. It's a digital metaverse that bring you uh, extensive reality experience. So we start basically from the mobile app, which is about augmented reality, and you can interact with the uh, characters. That's Alex uh, digital beings. And then you move to the virtual reality app. So those characters, if you've seen the movie uh, Free Guy with the Ryan Reynolds. Just saw it, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome thing. And we're actually doing the same stuff. It's like you we, we're allowing uh, users to create their own NPC that will be evolving. And all this stuff is works on GPT-3, So and it looks like human look like conversation and social AI. And in the end they also can make dance performances. Yeah, I mean, it is something you have to see. So um, just to give people a very quick sense, who are your investors? Because this is happening at a very <laughs> significant scale. And some of the, who are some of the artists that Sensorium is working with? Okay. So, yeah, the investors is a tough question because... Um, you don't have to reveal anything that's confidential. Yeah, so I, I, you, you've got definitely got some, some international attention. Yeah, so the, ma the major founder of the Sensorium is Michael Prokhorov. This gentleman, is he was the owner uh, of the Brooklyn Nets and Barclays Center. He actually uh, f uh, was building this uh, Barclays Center in New York and... Um, they bring the team from the New Jersey to Brooklyn and they actually made it a huge deal with the co-founder of Alibaba, about $3.5 billion. It was one of the biggest deal in entertainment industry, in the sport entertainment industry. And this gentleman is the founder of Ethereum, of the sensorial, <laughs> I apologize, not Ethereum. We'll get to Ethereum. <laughs> <laughs> we will get to that. We've got yeah. a lot to discuss. Sure, yeah. So yeah, Michael Prokhorov, he is the founder. And... <coughs> Uh, so our partners um, in crime, I mean the DJs who are going to be performing the sets, it's about uh, top 10 DJs. So if you select top 10 from DJ Mac, that they all going to be in Sensorium Galaxy. Uh, each will host about three concerts in the next several years. So altogether it should be 30 concerts. And there should be some secret DJs that will be revealed soon, which are working on AI. Wow. So... I I mean, I've seen a couple of the videos, um, and uh, you know, I've looked around it. It looks like nothing else. <laughs> True. Um, you know, you've got um, artists like David Guetta, Armin van Buren, Carl Cox, looking at, at this technology, at this experience. Um, even the semantics you're using to describe it, building the future of sensors. Um, you also have this kind of—is it sensor token? <laughs> Very quick <laughs> intro to that concept for everyone listening. Yeah, that's uh, so. The sensor is in-game currency. So originally, it's uh, issued on Ethereum. Uh, so we started when the era of NFT was at the birth stage. You know, like uh, and the sensor have no nothing related to NFT. So it was just simple in-game currency. And then we mm, understood that we need to move further. And we need to bring NFT, and so Sensor was evolved. I mean, to the something 
that will allow users to create NFT, do something about DAO, and do something about uh, like their content and so on. But this evolution is not possible without the blockchain. Mm. So we decided to do our own blockchain. Wow, yeah, I mean, and, and the, you know, the idea of blockchain and, and gaming in some of these metaverse worlds is a big issue and it's something we can True. touch on later. But first, I think, you know, we need to give you a proper introduction to the audience, talk a little bit about you, your background. Sorry about that, but it's got to be done. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I think it's right, you're correct, you grew up in Moscow, True, in a military yeah. family, you've written books, you have experience in finance yeah. and fintech and yeah. lots of experience in Ethereum. Yeah. So that's just a quick, very yeah. cursory introduction, but tell us a bit about you, you know, growing up, the things you're interested in, how you got into this space. Um, I was always um, looking for the new things to do and to invent new things, like, and because I was too bored to sit in the room, you know, when you get like ADD things in your head or something like that, uh, you always trying to do and trying to create some new ideas that will bring some little bit chaos in the room, uh, but this chaos brings new energy and new things. So all my life I just was inventing something and mm, I'm not actually successful such as like Elon Musk, <laughs> maybe once a day, <laughs> I, I, I dream about that. <coughs> but uh, as of today, I mean, in terms of the Russian reality, we did very, I think, useful things like uh, we founded Master Chain with our colleagues, friends, we call them some friends. So, so tell us about that, because that's just a massive thing. Tell us about the master yeah, chain. It's like a young, young band. Right. <laughs> it's uh, so it's originally it was very fun. I, I my friend Alex or Hippo who actually invented uh, uh like crypto ruble was like a joke. <laughs> he came to me like and said, "Let's go have a dinner." We had dinner, uh, just friends <laughs> talking about things, and once they asked like, "Alex, what do you think about blockchain?" At that time, I was working on bank, and I was engaged in the field of AML compliance uh, about QIC and all this stuff. I said, "Well, I have no idea about blockchain, <laughs> but I know everything about QIC. <laughs> so, what do you, how do you think? Can we manage these <laughs> things together?" And he said, mm, "Looks, yeah, why not? Let's use blacklists from QIC and do it on blockchain because this is a terrorist or anything, like and we can do solution." And we started to develop solution then. We invited uh, our friends, so it was actually friends based. We we were inviting the friends because there was a strong community in fintech in Russia, and we invited our friends. And these uh, guys from the risk departments, they told me, Alex, uh, compliance and blacklist is very boring. Let's do something super cool. Said so like, <laughs> what could be other things or areas in com compliance? And they said dead people <laughs> i just no <laughs> you're kidding me <laughs> dead people yeah i mean when people dying and, and they have like legacy or heritage in the banks and this whole stuff is uh, like spends like seven eight months to and there is a lot of fraud about that so you can do kind of a system that creates triggers about that about the sets events and uh, the banks know about that and if the person have several accounts in different banks those banks will create some alarms and I said whoa whoa okay let's let's re really do it and we did it and we did it and I remember the way like uh, the Central Bank of Russia 
the, the first time <laughs> when we presented the concept about dead people and the alarm about that, uh, a distributed database, and the central banker said, like, uh, what, 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 what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, they said, like, are you, are you, are you, how are did you get in here? Yeah, how did you get, <laughs> get in there? Well, I mean, well, you did, like, okay, you missed the pyramid. You have to be a pyramid, dead people, mummies, you know, like all this. Ways. And then, but in the end, they understood that w it was a very uh, smart idea and very basic idea for a digital identity framework. So we were testing a digital identity distributed framework, distributed digital identity. And we de delivered uh, the new idea how to calculate a single distributed ID for everyone. It's like a fingerprint. So I could calculate a hash for the person, mm -hmm. which was like a fingerprint, and I was uh, comparing this fingerprint with something missed and not missed, like in this hash, with the database of the fingerprints, and that was super cool stuff. Yeah. And um, we did the first ever a blockchain interbank transaction on the fork of Ethereum, which we called later Master Chain. Yeah, it's, I've got here the world's first P2P peer-to-peer -peer tra transaction. Oh, that's a new, that's another that's that that's another thing. Wow, okay. <laughs> that's that's another thing. Uh, yeah, it's we did a. Uh, Besides the story, we did also the P2P first world transaction where the data, I mean, the card transaction being transferred using your picture. Very, very interesting. Yeah, I, I just making a picture of you and I want to send you like some tips or like maybe uh, as we share the pizza or I don't know your car, I don't know your telephone number. I don't want to, like, you don't want to share. Yeah, I have your only picture. And if you have, if you are the clients of the bank, that's the same bank I am, the clients, I can uh, transfer you the money. Wow, interesting. So I guess the question on a lot of people's minds is, and, and I, I, I kind of have a sense of, of what some of the answers will be, how did you go from this, <laughs> you know, this technical working with dead people yeah. in a central yeah, bank, yeah, yeah. from banking and fintech into kind of, this on-ramp into the bleeding edge in a way of VR yeah, entertainment industry. What was DJs, that journey? Burning Man, Ibiza, yeah. Tomorrowland, all this stuff. I'll, the, the answer is I, I get bored. Like, really, I was bored in fintech and financial institution because... So, um, I mean, you must have got really bored to end up at Burning Man. <laughs> that, that's a, that's a big transition. That's a true, yeah, true. Because, you know, when you work in the banks... Uh, the things are changing very slowly there. It's um, like last mile had been changed. However, they are on the front edge, edge but they are changing so slowly. Mm -hmm. And when you come to uh, like gaming or entertainment industry, uh, they are super uh, greenfield for changes. And the people adapt new experience really quickly. Uh, people have huge expectations for the new type of experience. And we are living now in the age that we our technology is so democratized and they so uh, low cost and anyone can do this in their garage. So that's why I was so excited. So uh, I used to work also like for a team like Arrival with Dennis Verlov. He's one of the genius guys I, I saw in my life, by the way. And really, where's he based? He's they based in UK. They do uh, electric vehicle, 
like uh, for transport infrastructure. It's super. Uh, it's electric vehicle of the second generation. It's not like you're taking the existing batteries and trying to create electric vehicle of the existing things. You're actually reinventing the new things, like uh, putting away all unnecessary things, which uh, like creates you huge overcast. It sounds, and are they purely based in the UK, or do they have access to Moscow, Saint Petersburg? Oh no, Russian they tech, they have some teams in some city in Moscow, but they based in UK. And actually, they made a listing on New York Stock Exchange. They capitalization about eight billion dollars. So you found your way into this idea. Yeah, I found it. Right? Yeah, it was super, uh, super uh, move from the new direction for me did you have because i guess i'm guessing you had a background in gaming right i'm guessing you love games but yeah, did you know much about music entertainment industry well but yeah no i had experience uh on that side small experience uh that was a mix mac magazine uh then then there was a pirate version in russia of course i mean <laughs> russian pirate versions of everything was and that time i uh, used to live in jordan so yeah, no comment. <laughs> totally down with that. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I was writing the articles about the about the raves. So I was going to raves wearing the masks, and I was like, remember uh, Tiesta, uh, Lisa Lashes, uh, Matt Hardwick, and those like different uh, s- music styles and the different genres and like different places. And I just was going there trying to test the atmosphere and writing some notes about this <laughs> Pirates magazine. <laughs> and that was my uh, experience only. I uh, would say I had uh, touched the EDM, electronic music. Yeah, that works. I mean, uh, writing about music is, is, is not that easy, actually, in a way, um, because it's, it's similar today to today. You know, we're discussing Sensorium, but you kind of have to see it and listen to it yeah, yeah. to understand a lot of it very quickly before we go into Sensorium more. Favorite video games? Jesus, that's uh, uh, so I have like uh, the golden age okay. uh, favorite games, and I have the present. Okay, golden age. So golden age, I, I like very colonization. I, I <laughs> okay, Warcraft number one. Yeah. So that's like, uh, and uh, that's I can play like many many times. It's super nice things. And a flashback, I don't know, do you remember this kind of thing? No action adventures, it's RPGs you it's got. It's, a, it's like a Prince Persia, but it's... Open to Persia, Yeah, okay. it's like, but you're playing in the future. Uh, and, uh, and and the present games, I like very Destiny and mm, I, I, I God of War, yeah. Yeah. And Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, I like Horizon, I like Des- the Destiny 2 was much better. Now I play Diablo. I had downloaded yeah. remastered version, so I spent my nights playing remastered too. So if you guys like want to play with me in my band, <laughs> <laughs> be careful. <laughs> yeah, well, find me my nickname. Yeah, you're right. Your your notifications might start um, growing. But yeah, I mean, uh, it's funny because I I kind of grew up. I loved action adventure and RPGs. So the, you know the Final Fantasies. Of course, yeah. Um, but. I, you know, I liked Call of Duty and that kind of stuff, but I yeah. also liked, you Airborne. know. Airborne. Yeah, I also liked the, you know, just playing kind of on my own from Tomb Raider to Metal Gear Solid to Tekken. Because, you know, when I was, when, we, was were, very when we were growing tough. up, it wasn't always, you would play with your friends in the house, but you wouldn't always connect. A lot of the time you wouldn't be able to connect online. It wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. And then, 
I remember at college, I used, you know, I had, I was, I was studying really hard, and then I'd start playing. It was around the time that time that you could start playing Call of Duty online, yeah. <laughs> and I, it was the first time in my life that I was getting my ass kicked at video games. <laughs> and I remember thinking this online stuff yeah, is, is, is I, really not good. Yeah, it's, I played StarCraft, uh, my first game online. Yeah, that was you know. Uh, I, I remember that was the almost first ever fight. I mean, all we it was, we just get so angry between each other with the friends because uh, one of our friends just sneaked and built the army of the protoss and just killed everyone. <laughs> I know, and you know what? It's funny because what me and you will call video games. Yeah, I think the kids, you know, it, the kids growing up now it will be like Atari. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're thinking about arcade like things, uh, machines, and so on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it 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 is funny how much is changing. Um, yeah. Sensorium, how do you even talk about it? Because, you know, it's you've got these massive music, global music artists, you've got this um, visualization technology that's immersive, so you're there, you're surrounded yeah. by an experience. It's much more than a music video. You're in that kind of um, acoustic yeah. world. And then you also have these these technical aspects. You've got the tokens, you've got a kind of some blockchains. Yeah. What yeah. is Sensorium? What is it about it that makes it unique? You know, it's a kind of bland, so uh, absolutely crazy bland. Uh, we call this AI-driven metaverse. I mean, all artists are very important but because they bring the audience, but the retention of the users, we um, it's based on AI. And Sensorium allow user to create NPC, which will be further controlled by AI and will be evolving because of the AI and the user can change the narrative you know I can like draw a libretto like and AI it's like playing the actor you know it's like an actor and you are uh, as a, a movie maker you, you're saying okay dear AI today you're playing a spice pirate <laughs> who won the Wimbledon you know <laughs> you know and started to do needling or <laughs> something like that and AI really start to think this way and it's evolving and this um, uh, that's what we think that's AI generated content uh, is actually the key element of the sensorium so sensorium is it's a scalable uh, XR AI driven metaverse so if I'm a user um, how do I experience sensorium? How do I enter this world? Why do I want <laughs> to enter this world? What do I get from it? Why is it different? Um, so, you know, when we try to understand what our niche in the market, uh, like we started to compare ourselves with Facebook, uh, which creates a huge immersive content with a super low quality. <laughs> and <laughs> then we started to comparing ourselves with Netflix that creates super high cost content. Uh, and then we started to compare ourselves with Roblox which have like zero game mechanics and just running around the world and it's worth like 47 billion dollars yeah and everyone's like whoa yeah. uh, and so that's relatively new i mean that valuations yeah relatively it's, new. it's relatively new and things like it will grow go further yeah. it's not financial advice but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh so okay when said okay what's niche okay we want to create content yes and we want to create it's cheap Yes, and we want that content should be high quality. Yes, how to do this? And the only chance to do this is to allow users to uh, navigate and manipulate its own AI as a tam tamagotchi. You know, 
It's like a small digital being which is growing and it's create content for you. So you actually can create several characters and these characters, they all will be NFTs and they create can create content like it could be GIFs and uh, like animated uh, bags or like some text or uh, and so on. And each uh, content could be a piece of art and you can exchange, sell or distribute and do anything on marketplace. And this is the reason why you want to go actually. It's um, because either you are want have economic interest, you want to like get things. Wait, wait. Yeah, sell the content, get money, yeah. like, and because you're selling the content for uh, Senso, and you can you can cha- exchange Senso on the um, exchange. And uh, in terms of the mm, other s- angle, it's self-representation. In the digital age, uh, self-representation is much more important than like was industrial age. Industrial age, we've been focusing on power, money like market all the things those main principles because you have no power no money you can do you grow in digital age and uh, and did uh, like in post-industrial age so it's like it's about the self-representation it's about digital identity it's about uniqueness about yourself why snoop dogg been said that he is one of the top nft collectors why because this is a self-representation and it's have a new type of value for him. And that's why we're understanding that a self-representation now becomes uh, much more valuable than economic interest. And this, and, and, uh, at this point, I mean, regular investors <laughs> who are joining the project say, Alex, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't understand. And we, we know that there is several camps, like economic interest, they will always say uh, stay and they will be say but when you do uh, care about your self-representation it means you will invest in your self-representation and that's why sensorium is for you yeah and i understand to some extent what you're talking about we did um worked on a research paper looking at virtual economics and on in online worlds specifically yeah. trying to understand you know that val- what economic value and economic price meant in these worlds and why people would invest real money in something like an avatar skin or, um, you know, a, a, a virtual commodity. At that time, in, in platforms like Second Life, they didn't even have NFTs. There yeah. was no real profit yeah. to be made from it. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's a lot of anthropologists from the US and the UK and, uh, and other countries who looked at this and said, you know, cultural cachet, virtual identity, yeah, yeah. this idea of online communities and these yeah. parallel worlds. Yeah. Now, of course, it's shifted because you do have the possibility of, yeah. of making money and having online markets. Yeah. But I think you also have that that idea that you're talking about, which is how you represent yourself. Yeah. Not just your online brand, but you, know, you almost have a, a parallel or a mirror existence in terms of who you're hanging out with, what you do during your spare time. Um, and also, you know, wha- what you do to have fun and, and hopefully some of these metaverse worlds yeah. will be part of that. You know, I was like, uh, I was playing with my daughter. She was doing the, uh, she, she, is, she loves Roblox and uh, we were playing together. By the way, she have a birthday today. So maybe once a day she's going to be very uh, like adult, mature lady. Maybe she's going to um, listen to this. Well, happy birthday. Later. Happy birthday, dear. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> so um, 
and I, uh, when I was like wondering which items she's selecting from the store and why she is buying these black uh, wings and the like some red hat and some purple uh, scarf and doing some crazy jerseys and put it on the character. So it looks like something weird. <laughs> and they said, you don't understand anything. That's super cool. <laughs> really? Yeah. And, and that's uh, crazy. Yeah. And that moment was like, you know, like a bright light. I said, wow, things yeah. are changing. <laughs> Uh, good luck researching that. I give up. <laughs> I'm sure someone else can do that one. But yeah, it's in- it's super interesting. I've, you know what? I've heard that anecdote. I was listening to, I think it was a podcast or, or, or one of those uh, Twitter audio channels where a guy in Australia was saying he'd moved back with his family. Yeah. And his daughter, you know, because of the COVID restrictions and stuff, his daughter met uh, a niece or a cousin and they both sat down um, and they both had their iPads or whatever. And they were both talking to each other about Roblox. Now, you know, yeah. I, I mean, he and he was like, they hadn't seen each other for about a year and a half, but this was their first yeah. thing to do. Yeah. Kind of, you know, I mean, it was super interesting. He yeah. said, you know, I was kind of a bit annoyed yeah. because I thought maybe they'd go out and play and stuff. But yeah. actually I realized yeah. it was kind of healthy. They weren't, you know, this was a good way for them to, to kind of get to know yeah. each other very quickly. It was, yeah. And of course that, you know, like some of the, the interactions or engagement on these yeah. new games, for, again, kind of different to the engagement we uh, were having absolutely. with Sonic and Tails, which yeah, is collect Sonic. the rings, you know. But they actually, uh, Sonic is kind of a mortal character, so they, the young generation really likes Sonic. Oh they yeah? adore them. Oh, wow. But they, they don't, like, if you remember, we were playing Monopoly cards or Magic the Gathering. Uh, like today, youngers, they're not playing the Magic the Gathering. <laughs> it's like, it's something which is like uh, on the fingers, not touchable anymore. But they're playing other games, super weird card games, wow. super weird. I mean, I was like, mm, met one of these games, but it was, you know, super weird. Yeah. S- super weird. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, I think the games people are playing, playing gamification. That's a whole area now, and of course, the game economy is absolutely boomed um, yeah. for for everyone. X Infinity, for example. Yeah, I, I met Alexander Larson at at Token twenty forty nine. Uh, it's the last week. Yeah, it was last week. Uh, so he sat on a stage, like he had a two million active daily users of X Infinity. Yeah, and it was like wow. they launched like a year ago, and I said like two million active daily users, and I met him in the speaker's room. I said, Alex, uh, are you like? I know the data from Epic Games; they have something similar to you. Looks like you're disrupting them, and he said he was like so smiling. Said, Yeah, <laughs> for sure, yeah, disrupting Epic yeah, Games after a year or so. But yeah, but after the year or so, it's like what's going on? He has on? like a thousand times the audience of CNN News. That's kind yeah. of amazing. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's uh, that's that's something super weird and. Uh, but it's a sign of how the economy is shifting, right? And yeah. even for the, you know, I was reading the Apple Store, the App Store makes so much money from, from uh, you know, mobile gaming. Yeah, but before the things, uh, the case happened with Epic Games. Yeah, which was really interesting. And, I, you know, I mean, I think, you know, that was good good for everyone in a way. Um, yeah. And hopefully that, that precedent will just grow. Yeah, but uh, the, the, the funny point is, like, Epic Game was disrupting the Apple 
Gigi Money, right? And and from the other angle, Axie was just rapping epic games. Yeah, at the same time. I, I know the, t- the 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 speed at which things are moving. Yeah, and, and it's all and f- the incumbents. The you know that the yeah. big players today can be shifted yeah. in, a, in a couple of months or years. Yeah, Tim Sweeney, CEO of Epic Games, he moved from. He was like, you know, uh, very agnostic to crypto and blockchains I like no guys this is really a topic not for discussion we try to reach him and he like moved from this position like in a year and a half to like crypto friendly and blockchain is good <laughs> we don't <laughs> ban yeah. nfts and so I, on i mean i follow him on twitter i saw some of his statements about Fortnite. you know he was like it's not yeah. a metaverse yet but talk to us yeah. in a year i think it was a couple of months ago now yeah um and, you know, Epic Games are something everyone's following as well as, you know, kind of what's going on with yeah, Unity yeah. and Unreal. Um, Th- that actually, uh, a very you remember Travis Scott concert? Yeah. Uh, the problem is, like, when you we're launching the concerts on um, uh, Sensorium, we plan to launch the concerts soon. Wow. It's David Guetta will yeah. be and Car- Carl Cox. We create their real avatars. Looks super cool. And uh, the problem that audience will be expecting the the desktop users that will come there uh, but when you're creating the virtual reality app it's a bit different thing it's like uh, imagine you ha- need a power to compute like two laptops or two pcs because you have two screens each for each eye and in fact it means you're not just simply copying the environment that you see on desktop you're actually recreating the other environment and I believe mm, misjudgment that exists now on the market because uh, Travis caught happened not in VR, it happened on the desktop. Yeah. It can mislead and misguide people because uh, they will be expecting, you know, mm-hmm. okay, we, got, we should see like 20 million users on virtual reality, but the market on like active users on Steam almost 5 million users total. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, this is entertainment industry stuff, but I read, I think it was a Forbes article that said he made about 20 million in merchandising from that event. And, you know, Fortnite has a massive user base. Um, 300 million, yeah. Wow, so, yeah, yeah excuse me. Excuse more. me. Yeah, yeah. It's a, a big desk, But it's a desktop user, it's and not VR. And I think, th- yeah, sure. And I think, you know, it was interesting, because if you're in the entertainment industry, apparently, uh, you know, y- the profit from a real-world concert is about yeah. $1 to $2 million. That's what the Forbes article said. So, but, but you know, the input for Sensorium will be VR then. I'm really happy about that. I was at... You know, I was at the launch of the Oculus Rift mm. 2 in Palo Alto when mm. that launched. Just, mm. just, you know, and I, I remember being there when that happened and, and trying it and thinking, yeah, I don't care what anyone says. This is just amazing. And, I've, uh, you know, I've got the Elder Scrolls 2 with the, mm. the, the, the PSVR yeah. thing. Um, do you, to access Sensorium, you're going to have to have a headset then? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, well, we're starting from the mobile app. So mm, we understood that uh, the access for um, Sensorium in virtual reality creates some barriers for the regular users because you need to get a high-cost uh, laptop or uh, PC, which is worth like around $3,000 or $2,500,000, which is a lot. I'm also need to buy a headset, but headsets are getting cheaper every year. Yeah. And so we decided, okay, what we do for the mass audience, and we decided to run the mobile app, 
but mobile app gives us opportunity to uh, use the augment reality. I'm going to show it to you after the... Oh, that'd be great. I'd love to see it. Yeah, particularly the AR. So, yeah, you can actually interact with the... Uh, maybe I can show it right now. Okay, well, I'm going to show it right now. Like, they won't be able to see it. Yeah, so. okay, I'm going to show it. Uh, maybe they're going to be you know hearing what? your we'll emotions, we'll yeah. We'll, we'll embed a video of it into the article when it's posted, okay. and there'll be a link okay. where everyone okay. can see it. How about that? Uh, that's, 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 that's perfect. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for promoting where, uh, yeah, we're not promoting, <laughs> but you need to see this if you're into technology. Yeah. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Yeah. All right. So I want to say, I want to ask you a couple of questions about going back to fintech and crypto. Yeah. And then a couple of questions on where you see the future of the metaverse going, not just for Sensorium, but for everyone. So first mm -hmm. question is, you know, why do you think fintech, you've got this background in, in banking yeah. and P2P finance. Yeah. Why is that important and why is it powering aspects of Sensorium in the metaverse? Okay, um, so I, my answer will be like from a very short story uh, I'm going to yeah. tell you. It's uh, once a day I worked with uh, like one of the banking group, largest in Russia, and we, I used data. So I was one of the like chief data officers in Russia and we've been creating the report for the management board for the weekly meeting. Uh, so we once a day came up with idea to develop an uh, application on iOS. And okay, we started, okay, how will we create the application? Let's, and some guys raised the idea, just let's tron translate everything we have in PowerPoint presentation into the application. Okay, brilliant idea, let's do it. <laughs> how much slides we have in the PowerPoint? Okay, 30, okay. Looks like we need to create 30 screens <laughs> in, in application. And you know, of course, this is a stupid idea. Was, <laughs> but we started to doing the stupid idea, and then like in uh, two weeks, when it's like, hey, the idea is stupid. How we can reinvent this thing? And, and instead of thirty slides, we create only one screen for the application, and everything on that screen was uh, buttons that been changing and customize your view, and that screen was super cool. When we showed to the management team, they was like, wow, we even couldn't think that this is like bench of the paper could be converted into one screen. That's super cool. And that's, I think, about banking, fintech, and virtual reality. In virtual reality, you should not go to browser and use mouse <laughs> and click in the online bank, right? There should be something different. And I believe since we're creating a new sort of experience, because you don't need to replicate real world in virtual reality. It's stupid. It's, you don't need to run simulation. You need to create that kind of thing that is not exist in real life. And from this angle, you have to create, a recreate the experience of banking from the angle which is not exist in real life. So you have to substitute and create and make a reinvention of the fintech and virtuality. And that's what I think will be happening soon. That's, so. an, that's an amazing anecdote. Yeah, that, that, that's really useful. So thank you for that. So a couple of questions on this. Okay? Yeah, sure. And, and you know what? It, it, I didn't think of this, but in a way, banking is, is a good route in because, of course, in banking, you have this tension between central banks, CBDCs, yeah. and you've got the distributed crypto guys, right? So yeah. let's talk about the metaverse. A yeah. big idea for this metaverse is this online reality. It's not a simulation, as you said, but set of experiences and opportunities and economies yeah. 
where anyone anywhere in the world can hopefully hopefully jump into with a cheap headset yeah. or even a mobile phone and yeah. an AR connection yeah. and experience it. Yeah. So Sensorium, how are you going to be a part of that mission? Have you got plugins and APIs? Are you ever going to connect with other experiences and worlds, or is it always going to be a proprietary? Um, you know, it's decentralized, but it's it, it's got a proprietary token. It's not that interoperable with other worlds. What is yeah. the thinking on that? Yeah, it's a very uh, good questions. It's a it's a difficult one, <laughs> and it's difficult for, for the business yeah. team to answer. Yeah, yeah, and everyone's facing the same. Yeah, because <laughs> the economic incentives, yeah, and the technical incentives. Yeah. On the one hand, you know, for and scale, yeah, so it's a tough. And one. your identity as a as a as a game producer. So right. when you allowing users to create something, mm. uh, you have to somehow to uh, establish the guideline for identity, and they usually go out of this guideline. Uh, there is a, like example of Brawl Stars. They allowing users to create only skins but not the characters i mean they create a skin new skins kind of characters but the a skeleton or the figure it's, uh, it remains the same so uh, from our perspective we have first of all uh two layers the layer one is a corporate level is a sensorium corporation which actually creates different type of products as a sensorium corporation we are inviting creators to work with us to create different types of the products. For example, we're planning to launch sensor uh, decentralized application, which actually works like a Magic the Gathering with cards. <laughs> and there are like much more avatars that will be exist, uh, characters that will be exist in the metaverse. Uh, but those characters can be created as a sketches by creators. Mm. And you can use them as cards like, and skills, and it works like a strategy game. And then you go in the second level. Second level is a product level. On the product level, we're allowing some changes to customiz customizations. It's going to be the marketplace for the creators for their content. So they're creating the content with AI, with their characters, and they exchange the content. And we stimulate them to create the content and to distribute this content. And the best content, of course, we will, uh, we will be guiding them to work closely with our partners, artists Look, imagine you have uh the um, you create super cool performance with we have a library of moves like about 1000 moves and you created a super cool performance like clicking on the buttons just and for example justin timberlake saw this performance and said wow i want to put it in my video and he put it in your in your video i mean it, it's just not actually disclaimer <laughs> we don't work with justin timberlake maybe yet maybe not <laughs> but we don't work with him but Imagine if such a big name could input your performance into his movie clip. Yeah, so it's massive for the creative eco uh, creator economy. Yeah, and I mean you, the the o the other end of that is, you know, everyone remembers the. the oh, maybe they don't. Maybe this is just me. But oh, this, I don't know why I'm bringing this example up. But remember when Justin Bieber got hunt got found on YouTube? Yeah, and there was like a bidding war over Bieber. I'm sorry, I don't know how I know that. But, um, you know, that was a major global musician who was found. A at the time, that was weird. Now yeah. I'm guessing that's how everyone comes yeah. up. So the, the role of these worlds for the creator economy and for creatives, particularly now with NFTs where they can actually make money and they don't have to travel to London or yeah. New York, which is a yeah. big issue in you know, parts yeah. of the Levant and Palestine and other countries. Yeah. That's pretty cool. All you need is an internet connection and yeah. an input device. And yeah. And Unfortunately, a fast laptop. Absolutely that, that true. Might get fixed. That, I mean, 
like brands can give you the contracts for advertising of them. Easy, peasy. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of people are looking at brands. So yeah. Alex, yeah. last question. Thanks so much for your time today. Yeah. But I guess with Sensorium, so for you, what are the things you're most excited about in terms of the opportunities coming up? And also, what do you think are the, are the kind of techni- t- technical and, and, and market challenges ahead okay. for, for you and the team? So, um, first, a big challenge is we're creating this product uh, three times faster than the market. So, market spent like three, four years creating such a, wa- such a product. We crea- we're trying to create in two years maximum. So, it's, it's the biggest challenge ever I made in my life. So, uh, and the second point is something new is coming. We run Vakara. Vakara is infrastructure, a blockchain. We made an announcement two weeks ago. And it's kind of a Amazon Web Services, you know, for the Amazon. Yeah. Vakara is our input into creative industry. We want to uh, help to create new generation of the blockchain for NFT. Imagine NFT that can be upgraded. Yeah. Like, for example, you got the character that is evolving because of the AI, and you want to fix this character always as an as NFT, but it's changing over time and time. And we allow you to do this with the Vakara. Or you got the time limit NFTs. What means time limit? You got the first owner of the NFT, and now you got the last owner of NFT. Imagine nobody can replicate your identity because after you, there is no timeline. You got the last, you are the last one. Yeah. And people are going to be fighting to become the last one. Or it could work very good with charity or the ticketing. It's a great example. And of course, you know, this idea of owning property in cyberspace on the blockchain that won't expire. Yeah. There's a lot of people talking about that, and that th- there's there was a g- there was a great talk about this. This lady in South Africa was saying, "Hey, look, I can't buy, I can't afford to buy property in Johannesburg. I can't afford to do all these kind of things." But in the metaverse, yeah, you know, I, I think in the UK people love this. I mean, because of the leasehold, <laughs> you would, I don't do not get me started. I have no idea what they're doing over there <laughs> with some of the prices. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess that it that could. There's all sorts of regulatory problems in yeah. the UK, but you're right. It does push people into yeah. these parallel worlds. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, to end on a slightly philosophical note, if you look at the history of America as they pushed into the frontier, yeah. if you look at the history of, of, of Russia as they went up into space, history of the UK is, you know, we, we used to be a naval nation. We've always moved into new domains. Yeah. And the old domains became too difficult to yeah. actually grow, too, yeah. too ossified, too decaying. Yeah. And hopefully the metaverse and, and, you know, new experiences like Sensorium will be part of these new kind of opportunities and frontiers that we're building right now. True. Um, so, Alex, thanks so much for joining us today. And, um, yeah, everyone check out Sensorium. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Sponsor information. The UIE Tech Podcast is distributed by Alba Business free of charge. To sponsor a single episode or a series of themed episodes, please contact our editorial team or download a sponsorship press pack. Sponsors receive an article on Alba Business, syndication distribution on Alba Syndicate, email direct marketing across the region, 
and brand inclusion across all podcast marketing design, audio, and video formats. Alpha is not a PR company, and we do retain editorial discretion and quality control as an independent publisher. Companies looking to support a dialogue on technological transformation in the UAE are encouraged to contact our team.